the main event. Welcome to WHW Monday. Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson. Jim Crockett for Starcade, 605 NWA, TV title, Cajun Army, the Bunkhouse Stampede, Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express Tactics, Turner, Barton, Mid-South Joy World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions. Tony and first North, they win, look, Shivani's back again, world title split off, center stage, Bischoff, Disney, Hogan, and Nitro, New World Order, and the Crow, Thunder Russo, Arquette Champ, Vinny Mac, Simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad, not your classy podcast. Watch a lot, try not to laugh, Lois rules, cat back. This wasn't the initial plan, Tom's like a good looking man. Quad like Bill, make a chair. Tommy, come over here. What happened when? WHW Monday. And now, let's go to the ring, and here's your co-host, Hey Hey. Hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? With Tony Schiavone. Tony, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good, buddy. You ready for a little Dixie Dynamite? Uh, I like that you're already amping up the country accent. Man, it's Clash of the Champions time. Clash of the Champions 14. That went down on January 30th, 1991. And our main event is old ham cubes challenging pop pop for the world heavyweight championship. I'm ready for this one. I'm ready for it too, because I got to thinking about this show and then I watched it to kind of preview it before you and I started doing this and it brought back a lot of memories because this was uh, dusty Rhodes's first clash of the champions back as the booker. He had just returned back and this was right before that we all went to uh, the Egg Dome, Tokyo Egg Dome, and uh, did that show there. And, uh, uh, boy, it was uh, it was actually uh, it was a lot of fun doing this show. But then when I watched it back, I got to thinking, man, there's a lot of things that we did not do correctly. But, hey, that's just us, right? All right, Tony, we need to take a time out right here to tell everybody about our friends over at SaveCave.com. All right, what are we talking about? It's me and you. We're helping people save money. If you put Christmas on a credit card, if you ran up a bunch of debt over the holiday season, and now maybe it's time to figure out how to dig out, we can make it fast and easy at SaveCade.com. That's S-A-V-E-C-A-D-E.com, like Starcade, but it's the Starcade of Savings. And you know, a lot of people have saving money and getting out of debt at the top of their new year's resolution list. We can make it happen for you. It really is that fast and easy. If you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, if you're in a 30 year loan, man, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It really is a matter of how much we're licensed in almost all 50 States. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. So why wouldn't you give us a ring, find out how much money you can save right now for free. It's just a couple of quick clicks. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. Do it right now. S-A-V-E-C-A-D-E.com. That's savecade.com. Man, I'm ready to do it. I, I want everybody at home to fire up their WWE network. Go on over to Clash of the Champions, 14, January 30th, 1991. We're going to uh, see if we can't wake up Lois. Have her do us a little count in. And boom, we're off to the races in some good old fashioned WCW. One of my favorite years for WCW. 
Let's bring her in. She's wide awake. Here is Lois Shivani. Lois rules. So, three, two, one, play. Well, we start out with the world heavyweight title champion. You like this open, don't you? I love the open with the belt. And man, right. I love that Frankensteiner. What a move that was in 1991. Well, it really was. And, and you know, if you think about this matchup, Ric Flair and Scott Steiner, you think that Scott was such a big star at that time, or he and Rick were big stars as a, as a tag team. And I remember when Dusty came back and we were all kind of, look at this, Conrad. Do you think this open would fly today <laughs> with the stars and bars? The how, how, how about this? Uh, I mean, how 1980s is this? I realize it's 91, but I'm just right. waiting on RoboCop to walk in any minute now. Yeah. Yeah. By, by the way, this was done in Gainesville, the Georgia mountain center, but this is not the skyline of Gainesville, Georgia. I, I don't think it's skyline of Atlanta. As a matter of fact, I, I think that's man, fair to say, I can't get over man. The Dixie dynamite using the rebel flag. Well, oh, in, in fairness, I, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, in the South at the time, a lot of people, you know, the flag has definitely meant different things at different points. I mean, well, right. You know, I, I'm not trying to talk politics or anything, but Dukes of hazard was like a huge show and that flag was everywhere. And I mean, when I was raised I mean, in Alabama, you know, in my neighborhood, it didn't mean that at all. You know, it's yeah. just now, of course, it's a symbol of hate. And I mean, I don't have one and don't want one, but yeah, as a I'm kid, it was around and nobody thought negatively about that at the time. I don't know. Times have changed. Now, this is emanating from the Georgia mountain center in Gainesville, Georgia, uh, right off Lake Lanier, uh, not too far from Atlanta, about 50 miles. And look it, uh, the, the rebel flag was part in 91, part of the Georgia flag. So the, you see how things have changed and we're starting out with the, with the national anthem. And, you know, this was also the time of, uh, of desert storm. And so everybody was feeling patriotic. And so a lot was going on in the country at this time. And that's why they had the national anthem, uh, that, and probably Jim, uh, Jim Hurd says, we got to have a goddamn national anthem. I want to give everybody goddamn flags. Have them wave the flag. Got to be goddamn patriotic. Well, this is the Gulf war and it's all anybody's talking about. And both companies are under fire because of their treatment of the war and you know, people are reaching here when they're trying to criticize WCW and they're saying, you know, wrestle war and war games, but both of those terms predated, uh, desert storm. Um, sure. but the commercials where they're saying, you know, we declare war over and over is maybe be, maybe not the right timing. And then of course they're going to open with the big anthem, but you know, a lot of people would say, oh, that's pandering, but really the country, you know, they need stuff like this at their sure gatherings, you know, when, when, when we're at war. Sure they do. And it's, listen, it's patriotic because it's a good time to be patriotic. There he is, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes and Jimbo. And I say Jimbo because, uh, go back and listen to this. He, uh, Dusty called him Jimbo all the time during this. And this, uh, this, uh, this show had a little bit of everything. Had a couple of very interesting interviews. It had a arm wrestling contest and it had... Uh, Conrad, basically some job guy matches, some enhancement matches for clash of the champions, which you think about it kind of may surprise you, but let me also tell you this. I do know this. We were talking about this show, getting together with dusty. And I remember dusty saying, 
you know, Scott Steiner has become a great performer. It's time that he got his shot at the world heavyweight title. And so we looked at the card, and I remember Buddy Lee Parker being on the card against Flying Brian that's coming up, which is nothing more really than an enhancement match, right? I mean, that's what that is, a job guy match. I remember J.R., Jim Ross being so pissed off that we had put that match on the card. And I remember he's saying, Dusty, he's come back with our booker, and he's putting this on the Clash of the Champions. And I remember how pissed off he was about it. But then again, I thought they did a good job of putting Flying Brian over. It is an interesting way to open the show here because you've got Sting and Lex Luger coming out. Sting's uh, picture is is framed high above the arena. Yeah. And let's not forget, you know, Great American Bash 1990. What a crowning moment that was for the man called Sting to beat Ric Flair finally and become world champion. And now fast forward to Clash of the Champions, and he's he's in the curtain jerker position. And here comes Doom unmasked which I've talked about before for some random reason that I can't explain. I really preferred doom with the hoods. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on this. And I don't remember the backstory because the, uh, the graphics at the start of this thing had doom with Teddy long, but Teddy long was not here. And I don't know if this was a time when Teddy was in trouble or not. Cause he did get in trouble. If I recall, what was, what was Teddy in trouble for based on your memory? Uh, based on my memory, it was smoking weed. Oh, that's no big deal. That's twenty five hundred dollar fine. You're good to yeah. get. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and I don't know. I may be I may be completely wrong. Maybe completely wrong with that. But uh, he wasn't here, and this is a really good way to open the show. It really is because man, God, you know they they Doom looked pretty damn good, didn't they? Oh man, yeah. I mean, right now you've got three Hall of Famers and Butch Reed in the ring, right? <laughs> you sure do, and you've got a you got a you got a crowd, Gainesville, Georgia, man, that is right in our wheelhouse. If I'm right and I need to go back and look, I believe this is the building where either Tommy rich won the world title or lost the world title because he won it. It happened in Gainesville and at Augusta, like he won it and then lost it back like a couple of days later to Harley race. So I believe it was right in the same building. And oddly enough, we're going to see Tommy rich, uh, come out a little bit uh, later. Uh, he won the belt in, uh, Augusta, Georgia. Okay. So then he lost it back in Gainesville. Hey, so, so uh, what... let me tell you what Meltzer wrote of this show here. Oh boy. On paper last Wednesday's clash of the champions, uh, appeared that it would be the best major U S wrestling show in several months, but wrestling isn't done on paper. I thought that was a great line. <laughs> it serves no purpose to comment on the booking, even though it is dusty Rhodes' first big show since being back. My only opinion is that lots of hot shotting right now isn't in the best interest of the company. Like with Ole Anderson, any conclusions on roads should be held off for several months, probably until the summer bash tour. Having said that for the good of the company roads should not do color commentary. If he's going to be an asset, he has to realize his limitations. The TBS switchboard was said to have lit up like a Christmas tree with complaints about roads announcing. Starting just 10 minutes into the match and escalating to a fever pitch after his self-serving interview, trying to use the word war to get a cheap pop. Isn't it interesting that the only person in wrestling who brings up the war that comes off as sincere is Ranger Ross. I wonder why Mm. Rhodes and Hogan were so transparent that they are in it for a, a big pop and B self-promotion. Anyway, Paulie dangerously stock as a commentator rose 
more by not doing this show than in any show that he ever actually did. So your boy really, really bearing dusty roads here. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that wasn't the first time, nor would have been the last time that he would bury dusty. You know, he, he made a, and, and interesting in, in that commentary that he said he understands the, the switchboards at WTBS lit up when dusty Rhodes was doing the commentary. Who told him that? I wonder who, I wonder who told him that. Well, who do you think? Oh, no, I know who did it. Jeff Carr did it. Huh? I know exactly who did it. Who else would know that? Tell everybody who Jeff Carr is. Oh, Jeff Carr was the assistant. Uh, what he claimed himself to be the assistant program director. I think we talked about him on the, on the show before. Uh, and he, he, uh, let the people at TBS know that he quote unquote knew wrestling. So, uh, he, he was nothing but a, he was nothing but a fucking stooge is what he was. A fucking stooge. Listen to you. A fucking stooge. Okay. And I don't even know if he's still alive, but Jeff, if you're still alive, that's all you fucking were a fucking stooge. And everybody in the company laughed at you with the exception of maybe Jr. and a couple of other people. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, Jim Hurd didn't laugh at you or Jim Barnett, but we all laughed at you. So you were a fucking stooge boy. You're all out of fucks to give, are you not? Yeah, man. I'm uh, NFL TG, which is, is a shirt I... available now at prowrestlingtees.com or boxagimmicks.com or at loisrules.com. Is that what website still up? And hey, this match continues after this timeout on TBS. Three, two, one. We go to black. We come back. Yes, sir. I think, also, yeah, I, I do believe Jeff Carr is still alive based okay, on his good. LinkedIn. Uh, what's he doing now? Well, he had a heck of a run at Applebee's. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, what, whatever company he's with, he's stooging it. I'm uh, telling you right now. He's I, I'm, I'm led to believe that he may have retired Yeah, but after, he did. after 31 years and five months uh, uh-huh. in, uh, last month. So December of 2018, after 22 years as the vice president and uh, program strategy and scheduling for TBS and TNT, wow. he was a program executive for nine years there before that. And then. Briefly worked for MMT sales, two years and seven months. Well, you know what they say when you start working with programming and strategy, they give you an office buried deep in the bowels and say, here, count these paper clips. You fucking stooge. Well, I mean, he was an honorary or an honoree for very funny ads on broadband, the Webby awards back in 2007. I'm sure you're familiar with that. No, I'm not. He was an overnight volunteer as well at the central night shelter. Did some Haiti outreach. <laughs> you were so full of shit. No, no. He, he you know, Stop it. what? <laughs> really? Yeah. That's they he put that on his LinkedIn. Oh, that's nice of him. You know what he, and uh, he, he has a lot of successful skill and character traits. They include competitive tracking, long range planning, short term schedule, nimbleness, uh-huh. process that phrase. Short Short-term schedule nimbleness. <laughs> Jeff Jones, if you're listening, we need a t-shirt that says short-term schedule nimbleness. Curate audience fandom stunts. Project uh-huh. uh, multiple project management. Uh, assess his team and individual strengths and opportunities for growth. Mentoring and research uh-huh. analysis. No, is, it, is there anywhere it says calling dirt sheets and stooging off the business? No, that didn't make the cut. That didn't make that. Okay. Yeah. There you go. 
Oh, okay. Here's what he's doing now. Content strategy and scheduling success, team evaluation and coaching. He's a fucking coach. Can yeah, we, right. can we hire him to come coach us up about how to grow the podcast? <laughs> yes. Let's do that. Let's get him involved in all this. I'm, if you think I'm not going to fucking message him, you're wrong. Oh, I'm sure you are. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure you are <laughs> saying Tony sends his best too. When you message him, Tony sends his best. I wonder what you've been doing with your life. Watch out. Butch Reed coming off Luger doing a little oversell on that fans get into this shit, man. So this is a good crowd for us. Look at, look how they react to the hot tag. So Bruce and I were on the road over the weekend and, and we met a, a dick dancer in Colorado named Josh, who is obsessed yeah. with you. Oh, I know. Uh, and I put him on the phone with you and yeah, he wanted me to just tell you again, uh, how much he loves you and how he can't wait to just try things with you as he uses a macho man voice. Yeah, I, I I got a got a chance to talk to him, and that was that was kind of a creepy. Fo- Watch out! It's Danny Spivey. What big Danny Spivey's come out, Conrad, and he's taking the measure of Lex Luger. They must be going after it. They must be in a world or some sort of a match coming up uh, at uh, Wrestle War or something. By the way, let me just tell you, I like uh, Spivey and the leather chaps and the leather vest. Do you? Yeah, I think it's a cool look. Kind of reminds me of the, what didn't they? Barry Wyndham used to come dress up dressed like that too. He did. That's right. Yeah. So Barry went to look at that. Oh, there's the bell. And our first match is a disqualification. See, we give him a fuck finish already. Fuck finish. Fuck finish. Dusty finish. That's what they would say. That's what the dirt sheets would say, but no, I you know, thought, no, you, hang on now. I, I'm of the opinion that a dusty finish is where it looks like one guy won the world title, but then. Yeah. They reverse it and say, oh no, time expired or he had his foot on the rope or whatever. And then they take the, the win away. Is that not what a dusty finish is? Yeah, I guess, I guess it could be. I mean, you, if you think about, uh, the Starcade of 85 and, uh, you know, the gathering and dusty left thinking he'd won the world title when they gave it back to flair and all that stuff. But there you go. Fans are into this. Fans are cheering, uh, two of their superstars, uh, the man called sting and, and, uh, and the total package, Lex Luger. By the way, two biggest baby faces in the company at this time, in your opinion? I think so. And I do think it's smart to have these guys early in the card because you're trying to elevate another guy. Go ahead and call this replay. Okay, bring in the rebel flag. There you go. We brought in the rebel flag. And here's the disqualification. Down and up and over. You see Randy Anderson looking and immediately calling for the bell. Sting didn't even hit the floor, though. Oh, there he did after they call for the bell and the winners by disqualification sting at the total package, Lex Luger. But now we see that treacherous, that devious Danny Spivey come in and with a left hand hit Luger and Luger tries best he can to sell something staggering away. And that's our first bout here on the clash of the champions. But you know what we else got coming up here, Conrad? What's that? We are going to announce the sexiest wrestler, the winner of the sexiest wrestler contest. Aren't you excited about that? Man, I can't wait to see how good Tom Zink looks in this. Wow, it's going to be great. It's absolutely going to be great. And come on, can we go to break, please? Three, two, there we go. All right. You know who the, uh, the director of this show was? The Correct. director of this show was Dan Bynum. He was the director, and Dan is now uh, the director of uh, on-site director of MLW. Oh. And now here's Missy Hyatt, and it's time for me to announce the sexiest wrestler in WCW. Isn't this exciting? And there he is, Conrad. How about that? I fucking love that I just 
completely pulled out of my ass that it was going to be Tom Zink. And then it really fucking was. Well, he was the sexiest wrestler there. This is like a subliminal thing that you've planted in all of our heads for so long. And I'm wondering now, is this like something that was planted in your head back in 91? And you've just thought ever since, man, isn't he a damn good looking man? Well, he must be because WCW voted him the sexiest wrestler. Yes, they sure did. And not only that, uh, he was a television champion at this time. And now here is, I think you would agree, not only one of the most talented guys in wrestling, but one of the nicest guys ever in beautiful Bobby. Without question, the nicest guy I've ever met in wrestling, but he was, uh, rumoring innuendo. He was not in contention for the sexiest wrestler award. Don't think he would have been no, but you know, I was, I'm wondering, okay. Why in the world that Tom Zink would be a champion here? But then when he comes out here, I get it why he's a champion. Do you know why? Because he's tan. Look at him. He's got a tan. Shut up, Eric. I can't believe you're doing this. <laughs> you gotta be you gotta have tan to be a be tan to be a champion, right? I just can't uh, believe you're even suggesting that. It is I mean, t- talk about how silly it is that for years and years the TV belt was almost like the NWA's answer to the intercontinental title. It's the worker belt. You know, right. you, you could get really, really good matches out of a Muda or a Steve Austin or an Arn Anderson or a Tully Blanchard. Right. And now Z man has it. Meanwhile, Bobby Eaton, no singles titles. No, you know what? He would have been a good television champion. Wouldn't he have been? Oh, he would have been tremendous. Right. Yeah. He sure would have been, but the problem is take a look at what we got here. Who's the, who's the tannest of the two? I mean, there there's, and who's all oiled up and sexy and, and good looking there. I, I'm very uncomfortable with the course you, of this conversation. You shouldn't be because I'm just calling it like it is. But I, I mean, I, I can see you and I feel like you're about to pop a Woodrow here no, and it's going to no, be I'm a not. whole situation. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just so happy about this match. I want to break out the song, you know? Before you do that, let me just say that that first match got two and three quarter stars in the observer. Okay. Meltzer would say match was fast paced all the way through with a lot of hot moves. However, the timing wasn't so great. And it appeared the the match lacked a ring general to keep things going smooth. They're all good athletes who can do moves, but the transition moves in between showed the lack of experience in all, but read. Uh, so he didn't really love it, but he didn't hate it two and three quarter stars. What say you I think that was a good call. The fact that there was no quote unquote ring general. You just had a bunch of really green guys in there and probably hacksaw Butch Reed, who probably wasn't used to being the guy in charge of those. And, and I agree with that. I think that's a good call by Melcher. This match is going to go seven minutes and seven seconds. Z man's going to win with a backslide. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Meltzer would write that this is a three-star match. And he would say zinc wore his TV title that he lost weeks earlier. And it was billed as a TV title match, which I guess totally exposed the business to everyone in Perry, Georgia and any hardcore fan in 1991. I kind of don't care. That's fine. What say you? Well, okay. Let's say he'd lose it in Perry, Georgia, right? Right. But in, in reality, between the time of Perry, Georgia and Gainesville, Georgia, they could have won it somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Of course he could have. Of course you could have. I remember back and, and this is, uh, this is, is, is odd. We went to Roanoke, Virginia years ago and saw Ricky steamboat win the world television championship. 
I can't remember who he belt beat, but we were all excited. We saw belt switch hands in green in uh, in Roanoke, Virginia. Then when TV aired that following week, he no longer had the television championship. Uh, so it was they didn't even talk about it back then, and it was the day before the internet. So we assumed that he had lost it between that time and the time that the TV show aired. So it could happen. So I don't believe it exposed the business. I don't believe that one at all. I like all those. Uh, you know, you talked about the portrait of Sting in the back. They got the portrait of Arn Anderson back there, Barry Windham, the horseman. That's, that's, that's kind of a cool look if you think about it. It is a cool look. By yeah. the way, here's a, a hotline promo. Go ahead and give us what you think uh, old JR saying right now. Okay, right now, huh? You can talk to my man, the Nature Boy Ric Flair at 8.05, 8.35 Eastern Time, huh? On the wrestling hotline. And by the way, if you want to, he will talk to you while he's shoving his penis and down some girl's throat. Oh, oh my God. What? Just, uh, just freestyling here. <laughs> oh, my God. My Lord. <laughs> the shit you say on here, and then I say one thing that, that try to be different. You go, oh, my God. My Lord. Like you're shocked. I am. <laughs> Bullshit. All right. Tom Zink in the ring. Tom Zink. Come on. Get him, Tom. Okay. That's Sarah, man. I thought Z-Man was a pretty, pretty good television champion. Yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. I mean me, but yeah, who doesn't? Okay. I'm not, I, here's the deal. I'm just, I'm partial to Bobby. Yeah. But don't you think that Z-Man and flying Brian are in Gainesville, Georgia on this night yeah. in different matches? Don't think there's a lot of hot tag going on. You know, I just realized what Bobby Heenan, not Bobby Heenan, Bobby, Bobby Eaton could be related to Cassio kid. Why is that? Just look at him. You gonna huh. tell me? You gonna tell me there's no white trash redneck in Cassius family that's got a mullet like that? Oh my God! I I, I guess you're right. There's a hundred. Per, I mean, I know I haven't even met all the rednecks in his family, right. but I know for sure there's one looks just like Bobby fucking Eaton. <laughs> Maybe Bobby Eaton and Cassio's dad or brothers or something like that. It might yeah. be Eskimo brothers at worst. <laughs> We've. Wait, how about this? We've all been there. Yeah. So that's my new thing. I'm trying to get it over. Help me out. Okay. We've all been there. We've all been there. Okay. We've all been there. All right. I like it. I'm going to get it over. All right. Speaking of getting over, uh, Z man in 91. Well, he is over as his paycheck said he should have been. Jim Cornette has often been critical of Z man saying that he wasn't paid based on his ability to draw or talent. He was paid based on the fact that he was quote unquote pretty. Yeah, I agree with that. I I, I I don't know what he made. I mean, I'm sure Cornette listed what he made, and I'm sure it's well documented. I don't know what he made, but I'm sure that in the scheme of things, do you think he probably – he's not as good a worker as Bobby. He's not as valuable to the business as Bobby Eaton, but he looks good. He's tan, and therefore he's he gets a push, right? I liked him a lot better. With he and Flying Brian as tag team partners, I thought they were a good team. Than I did as a singles man, a singles competitor. Yeah, I liked him as a tag team too. I didn't hate him as a singles, but you know it is weird when you hear other guys say that ah oh, he was just paid because he's pretty, not because. Because I mean, well, here's the deal: I don't know, like I can't name my favorite Z-Man match or my favorite Z-Man promo. Right. 
he wasn't the greatest promo in the world either. But I mean, the, the thing, same thing could be said of Luger, right? He just made a lot of money because he looked great. That's he wasn't fair. great. So, yeah, he, so Z-Man is a poor man's Lex Luger. I guess that, that has some validity to it. Wow. What, where does Buff Bagwell fit into this? One, two, got a two count. Um, uh, let's see. Buff Bagwell would be, well, he wouldn't fit into this at all. Swinging neck breaker. I think that whole thing would fit anywhere. <laughs> two, three, two, only two. Counts, sorry. They got him. No, he didn't. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that, uh, uh, also, uh, by the way, if you go back and you watch this again, of course you, you won't have as much fun as we're having now, but if you go back and you watch this again, you'll hear Jr. really kick it into high gear here, man. I thought he did a great job at announcing this. He talked, he did a lot of background talk about, especially when flying Brian came out, did a great job of putting him over and there's the backslide and the win. And you see, I just, you don't like that finish. No, you wanted him to hit like, a finisher. I don't like him jumping up and down right in front of the guy he just beat like that. Oh, I do like that. Cause he's supposed to be a heel. I mean, he's supposed to be a baby face, but that's the most heel thing ever. Give us a call here. Okay. Now we up on top. He sends Bobby off. Oh, almost like the nature boy. Ric Flair would come off the top turnbuckle, but now we're going to see, are we going to see, I can hear Dan Bynum in the truck right now. Roll tight. Take one super kick. Let's show the goddamn super kick. And now let's see the hip toss. No, we're going to turn into a backslide here. And here comes the win from Tom Zink, Tom Zink, Tom Zink, and one, two, three. He got his shoulder up. He got his shoulder up, and they gave him the one, two, three. How about that? I thought the replay showed that Bobby Eaton was unpinned. That's right. That's what I was saying. He got his shoulder up, and they still counted one, two, three. Go ahead. Do us a voiceover. I like to say hello to my good friend, Tony Schiavone. Tony, I love you. You know I love you. Maybe I was, maybe I'm dating Dustin Rhodes right now. Maybe I'll go on to be a big star, but you know that me and you have always been the greatest of friends. So it's uh, uh, Alexandria York. Oh, speaking of white trash, get ready. Whoa. Michael Hayes coming up. And by the way, uh, that his match gets a hilarious write up. Let me find that again, because there's a line in here and I missed it. When I watched this show back, I'm going to pay attention now. Right. Worst spot was when Eagle forgot to sell Hayes famous left. Yeah. Hayes was pretty stiff with him after that point. <laughs> so take a look. You're going to see, uh, your man, your favorite wrestler, Alan green Eagle. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Joe Gomez. One of the biggest meatheads ever. Super nice guy, by the way. Oh yeah. He really is. But a big, big time meathead. And he was a big friend of Arn Anderson's too. And he was also a bouncer at a stripper. Uh, a strip, a, a strip club in, uh, in Tampa, Mons Venus at one time. Let me say this though, changing directions. Don't you think the, uh, bad street energy, what do you think that was one of the coolest songs in wrestling? Yes. One of the most fun moments, uh, I've had in my wrestling fandom is seeing bad street with Michael Hayes when he was drunk. Yeah. It was awesome. It's cool. It's a cool. I had a great. Had a great sound to it. it. Was catchy. That's right. Turn your back to the camera, you dumb fuck. Vince would fire you right now if you did that. He wouldn't do that now. No, he wouldn't. 
Now go sing this thing. The whole USA. Street nasty and hot. The further down the block you got, the better it got. You know what's great is the best characters are when the guys really believe. Uh huh. And man, Michael Hayes knows in his heart he's the coolest motherfucker around. Oh, sure now, he does. That could not be true. I'm not saying it is or isn't. All right. But I'm saying you can't convince him he's not. Oh, I know. Which is what made him a successful pro wrestler. He believed the bullshit, right? Yeah. And not only that, look, we, we give Michael shit all the time, but it's because we both really, really like him. Sure. And he's one, he is really one of the great guys. I I remember, I think I may have told this story before, but when Eric took over the company, Michael and I, uh, at one time had a run. We were the, uh, we were the co-host of, uh, WCW main event. And, uh, Eric would come to me and he said, uh, you know, I said this, uh, this Freebird rocker, Southern rocker bullshit, I think it's, it's past its prime. It's past its time. He needs to, we need to do something different. And I told Michael what Eric said, and Michael says, well, what character does he want me to be? Because this Freebird thing I'm doing is just a character. It's not really me. And I went bull fucking shit. It's not. <laughs> It's you. It's Michael Hayes. He said, but I can be anything he wants me to be. But here's the thing. I do believe that he's genuine in that. If the boss said, we want you to do X, Y, or Z, he's going to do X, Y, or Z. Sure. Like, he is. He would have sure. done it, but right. no, at that point he had lived the gimmick for sure as a free bird. Right. Right. Still does. Oh, right, yes, so, he so does. Let's see if we see the no sell of the big okay. left from Michael Hayes here. Look at that. And apparently he's going to uh, be stiff after. So let's take a look, see if we can find okay. a spot here. Do you see, uh, Joe Gomez fall down the bulldogging? He fell down off of that, uh, by the oh way, that's, that's Michael Hayes at Morton's on any random Saturday night. <laughs> oh. oh man. Just beat the fuck out of Joe Gomez. Nice guy too. Oh yeah. Nice guy. Just had no business being in wrestling. Wow. Ooh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe that already happened. That was a pretty stiff kick. Not, yeah, but it was, but I didn't see, I didn't see a no sell of a left yet. Yeah. The little left jab that Michael did. I didn't see it. Did you not yet? Maybe it's coming up here. Maybe had him in the corner coming up here. You don't think Meltzer got it wrong. Do you? No, I don't think it's yet to come. It's hard to believe that's Joe Gomez. I hung out with Joe Gomez at uh Ric Flair's wedding. Are you sure that's Joe Gomez? Yeah, that's Joe Gomez. Okay. Why is he, is he like 400 pounds now? Well, well, golly, you just, man, you just shit on people. Well, I mean, if you can't recognize him, maybe he's just heavy now. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's Joe Gomez. Okay. Just, I'm asking a question. Alan Iron Eagle. I just, I just didn't remember that being Joe Gomez, <laughs> but maybe it's cause I'm at 2018 Joe Gomez, <laughs> which is probably 400 pounds. Out there, well, right? Why are you being a guy? Or I don't know. I don't know. Listen, was. Why did he get invited to Flair's wedding too? Oh, there it was. All right. There it was. Uh-oh. There, yeah. there, yeah. there it is. Picked <laughs> him up by the hair, threw him outside, kicked the shit out of him. He's Here working fast now. Oh, he chopped him hard. <laughs> go get him, Michael. <laughs> you know what? He, you know what Michael's thinking right there? Yeah. Well, if you didn't sell, cause I didn't make contact. Here's contact motherfucker. Yeah. He didn't. 
he didn't sell because he just completely missed the, missed it. I mean, he didn't yeah. know. He's just a terrible worker. That's all it was. So Michael, man, Michael pissed. Who? Go get him again. Yeah, there he goes. Oh, uh, thank you very much, boy. Oh. <laughs> I'm not pulling shit anymore. <laughs> That's a fucking sledgehammer, buddy. Come on, get up, motherfucker. I'm going to hit you again. By and uh, Tommy, all of a sudden, Tommy Rich always had tights to me that looked like he was wearing a fucking adult diaper. Somebody say something about pooping their pants. <laughs> we had him pulled up awfully, awfully far, didn't he? Dude, it's seriously, it's like Mr. Wrestling 2. I'm like, it is. Like, he's got this fucking giant diaper bottom thing he's got going on. <laughs> well, there you go. But, you know, we all, we all had our theories online as to why that was. It's because he dips his balls in peroxide. <laughs> what? Yeah, that was like this whole, like, rumor. Wait, uh, wait, wait. I need to hear the story. Okay, so there's this uh, website back in the day where, like, all the the dirty rumor and innuendo for wrestling ever was compiled into one thread. Okay. And then it was like a super post at the top that they kept editing, and it would just be like one thing after another, just all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. All right. Well, supposedly, somebody wrote that Tommy Rich uh, would bleach his balls, and he would dip his balls in peroxide to uh, make sure that the ball hair was blonde, too, which is the most ridiculous thing you would think you would ever hear until you read the rest of that post. And then you're like, Oh, well, that's really not even top 10 craziest things in here. Oh God. Dip his balls in peroxide. Somebody say something about peroxide. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know what they say. Got to make sure the collars and cuffs match. I've actually never heard that. You never heard that one, but I mean, listen, balls and peroxide. We've all been there. No, we no. I'm trying to get it over. I know you are, but I'm not agreeing with that one. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Yeah, watching Joe Gomez not being able to sell. We've all been there. Whoa, double DDT. Who the fuck is this young referee? Holy shit. I've never remembered this kid. One, two, and three. That's all. Tommy Rich didn't do a little bit of it, a little bit of nothing in that match. And the free birds are your winners, buddy. Look at Hayes still looking over there, man. Yeah, he's not happy. No, not at all. He's walking back. Fuck, I'm not getting, I'm not getting mugged to the camera. I'm fucking, I'm walking back. What, and here it is again. The, Whoa. This, this com- I mean, the way, <laughs> the way Hayes lands just looks awkward. Yeah. But most of his movements do until he gets on the second rope and starts shaking his hips. That's where he'd rather be anyway. Absolutely. And here's the double DDT once again. Tom Beard's like, so turn around there. They're, they're cheating. Turn around, Mr. Referee. They're cheating. And meanwhile, why don't we just stomp on the back of Joe Gomez's head while we're going out? No, I'm just going to roll him over and pin him. Freebirds are still your winners. And by the way, on the wrestling hotline, you know who's manning the wrestling hotline in the back right now? Who's that? It's going to be Lance Russell and Gordon Soley in the back, by the way. And we declare war in Phoenix, Arizona. Sunday, February 24th, live and only on pay-per-view. And of course, what the you, big thing with Russell war was war games, right? What do you, we didn't, we didn't even sell it. What do you think? Should you guys have changed the name Russell war? I mean, should you have promoted it with camo and we declare war and all that right in the middle of the Gulf war? I mean, here's dusty with the yellow ribbon on his lapel for the, yeah. do- for the Gulf. What would you have done? I wouldn't, I don't think, look, I did, this was a discussion about, we couldn't have changed it. Take a look at Shivani's shirt there. Would you? And that collar, 
and a little pocket square. JR must have convinced me to wear a pocket square because he always did. Jim always dressed really well. And I remember him saying, you need to wear a pocket square. And, and I had one there. So, uh, I, back to your question, uh, we had to get that out so far in advance, at least Turner Home Entertainment did. I don't think we could have changed it. I really don't think we could have. I, I think there was too much money socked into those promos or socked into that, that by the time the Gulf War hit, that was it was a little bit difficult to change it. Uh, we're uh, bantering back and forth now about the uh, the upcoming arm wrestling contest, by the way. Is what we're doing. What do you think of Dusty's commentary here? It gets a lot of press in the internet. Oh, all right, uh, I didn't think it was that good, but I think as we went along, the Dusty Roads here is not as good as the American Dream Dusty Roads that work with me and Bobby Heenan later on. I think the one you, we, you know we've done shows. You and I have have done shows. We've watched shows before where me, Dusty, and Heenan. Uh, did the commentary together and Dusty was phenomenal, but I didn't think it worked here at all. And, and the, you know why I didn't think it worked here? Because he was booking and he was working too hard to try to put the stuff over with. I, I just think being a booker and being the announcer, you're too close to it. Me and my buddy, Paul E. Meltzer would write Dusty is still doing commentary for the next pay-per-view, but it's a touchy situation because everyone knows he didn't exactly do a good job at the clash. Yeah. you book you shouldn't do it he also oh, he also God. wrote that um double a has a pulled groin muscle he's going to be out of action for a couple more weeks yeah. and that the steiner brothers and missy hyatt had all re-signed um apparently hyatt's one-year deal wasn't necessarily a surprise but they didn't consider her position to be ultra secure before this new contract do you remember thinking there was a chance the Steiner brothers may try their luck up north? Yeah, I think so. What an entrance here for Sid. Yeah. I mean, on the rotating platform and the spotlight right over him, just showcasing the giant pumpkins on his shoulders. Is there a better looking entrance in the history of Sid's career than this one? This is, uh, this got to be right up there. Looked the part, didn't he? Oh, just the, the perfect wrestler, dude. Like he's such a badass right there. How could you not put the fucking belt on that man? Absolutely. Dude, though, what a fucking cool entrance. And I love the, the announcement from anywhere. He darn well pleases. That's so badass, man. Sid 91 was a badass, and poor Joey Mags. Yeah. Gonna get fucking steamrolled. Yeah. Joey was, uh, Joey was a good kid. But, uh, uh, again, it's just, and it's another enhancement match on this clash of the champions that, uh, pissed a lot of people off because I can understand it being on a Saturday night, maybe, but, 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 but again, dusty was, you know, this was kind of old school booking. You still put enhancement matches on there to get your big stars over, pick up, look at this. This wasn't a Saturday night. I know it, it's something that should have been on a Saturday uh, night yeah, instead yeah, yeah. of flash is what I'm saying. By the way, let, let me just tell you, there's nothing worse than when a little guy doesn't sell a big man's clothesline more than that one. Yeah. Like when Sid hits you with a clothesline and you're Joey Mag's height, 
Yeah. You should be fucking turned inside out or something. It was like a delayed fall. He should Michael Hayes him right now. <laughs> I don't think Sid had to Michael Hayes anybody because I think he was naturally just fucking that stiff. Well, people knew, man. He fucking cut you out with some scissors. You fuck around. He got a real <laughs> clothesline right there. Jesus. <laughs> Woo. Nobody had to tell him to sell that one. <laughs> man, you're talking about whip a lash. Oh, look at this. Go to powerbomb a motherfucker. Yeah. Oh. Yes, sir, buddy. I don't think anybody smart and sit up that it Sid thinks this is fucking real. <laughs> okay. Dude. He looks like a villain from a RoboCop movie. Does he not? I guess he does. And he's uh, going to bring in, uh, these are interns from uh, Emory university hospital in Atlanta. He's going to bring in, by the way, one of those is Keith Hart, Bruce, uh, Bret Hart's brother. Really? One of the interns will be, yeah. or one of the, uh, yeah, one of the interns or one of the EMTs. EMTs or whatever you want to call them. Look at this fucking power bomb. Give us a call here. Okay. Picks him up. Joey knows he's going for the ride and he wants to hit right, but he doesn't man. Oh fuck. Hit on his fucking head. And, and then, then we dump get the stretcher over. Great stuff here. Yeah. I loved when they would put him on the stretcher. There was uh, a highlight reel of him putting a guy on WWF superstars on the stretcher. And just pushing him wide open to the ring, like down the aisle. And he just slammed into the post. And I just remember as a kid thinking, this is the baddest motherfucker walking. Look, put the, put the corpse back on the stretcher. Yeah. He just got his neck broken. We'll just throw him on the stretcher. It's the wrestling hotline on Mondays. Tony Schiavone. Steve Beverly will stooge off everything on Tuesday, Missy High Wednesday, Sting Thursday. Lex Luger even knows how to use the phone on Friday, and of course, it's still the Ross Report. Then on Sunday, it's Paul E. Dangerously. It's the Wrestling Hotline. How about that? Everything, every week, something's going on except the one on Tuesday with Steve Beverly, and he can go fuck himself. Look at this. Oh, power slam. Put him down. How about I like on the level with Lex? On the level with Lex. Can you imagine what Lex Luger's... Right. Hotline update sounded like. Yeah. We I all just, hated doing that. I just took my protein powders. I've got the intestinal fortitude to point. My, look at you. There he is, Sid. Yes, there. Here he is, the man himself. Six foot seven, 300 plus pounds, Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious. I'm, I'm not fucking mocking this, dude. Oh, you know, I'm actually, no. let me tell you something, Conrad Thompson. No. I, I'm 37, but I, I'm, I'm fucking old enough to know better. I'm not doing this. You know, fucking, uh, Sean Mooney had him on his podcast last year. Yeah. And Sid said something a little silly and yeah. Mooney laughed and yeah. you could fucking cut the tension with a knife because Sid said, are you laughing at me, Sean? And there was this long pregnant pause. And just for a minute, like all the arm hair stands up and you're like, oh shit, this is about to happen. Sean Mooney was 52. You know, I was like, oh, this is about to be a moment. Whoa, whoa. Time out. Time out. We are, we are well over a hundred episodes. Yeah. And we have made fun of every fucking buddy. Yeah. We have. That's yeah. But you were, you are going to step back and not make fun of Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious gave his home phone number on a podcast, bro. You know who does that? Crazy people. You don't fuck with Sid vicious. <laughs> Sid vicious will come to your house and wait for you to leave. 
And then your yeah. worst fears come true. You're getting butt fucked, son. Okay, here, Vicious, here's a here's it, a but Sid Vicious Tony, it ain't up to you. Okay. It's his decision. All right. All right. I got you. Oh, Jesus. I'm with you. Look uh, at this shit. I know. Here's here's a classic WCW fuck up moment. Alexandra York said she was going to announce who was going to be her next person in her group. And Gary Capetta announced Terry Taylor as the computerized man of the 90s. I don't know why they gave him that to say that or not, but JR and Dusty ignored it. And then Alexandra York comes out and they do a little flying with her and she announces that Terry Taylor is going to become Terrence Taylor and be the computerized man of the 90s. You know what's funny so, is he, he said the computerized man of the 90s, but he still said Terry Taylor, not Terrence. Right. So I think maybe he caught himself halfway through. Yeah, you're probably right. But that's just uh, a, a WCW fuck up. That's just lack of communication. We were all about that, buddy. By the way, the uh, little back and forth that you and Paulie had with JR and Dusty. Yeah. Meltzer would write, the interviews were noteworthy because it was the first time in history I've ever seen three different announcers all try to steal the crowd's interest from a guy doing the interview. Dusty interrupted to get himself over. Tony Schiavone was making faces to steal the focus from Paulie. And oh, even Jim Ross was making faces, seemingly to stay on Dusty's good side. Anyway, after Sid's match, he did an interview and it wasn't bad. Really? He said, I tried to steal it from, from Paulie. Cause you were making faces. Oh, Jesus. I've never tried to only try. Only thing I tried to do was steal some common sense from Dave Meltzer because he obviously had none at times. Well, no, you tried to steal some sugar out of that makeup chair. Well, maybe, you know, uh, Alexandra was still doing our makeup at this time too. Yes, she was. I'm just going to be quiet and let you spill your guts here. <laughs> I'm not going to spill my guts here. I just, I'm a friend of hers. You know, I'm a friend of hers. Sure. We are, so, we are, I mean, I've, I've always been a friend of hers and I feel like I'm, I'm part of her uh, legacy. I feel I'm part of her legacy. I, really do unfortunately i feel i'm part of terry taylor's legacy too yeah not as good uh this match is going to go 11 minutes 53 seconds Meltzer gives it three stars and the last three minutes were very good and he pointed out the same fuck up you did computerized man of the 1990s was said nine minutes before mrs york would reveal herself right yeah. Well, again, there was a lot of fuck ups that went on in the show, but you know, I agree three-star match. These, both these kids could work as, you know, as, as, as much as we've given Terry Taylor shit on this program, you know, Terry could turn in a good match. He could do some pretty good stuff. He wasn't as good as he thought he was, but he could still tune in, turn in some pretty good stuff. Hey man, you reckon Sid has figured out where you live yet? Nah, well, it is not hard to find out where I live. Well, I mean, we, he gave his phone number on the show. Should, uh-huh. should I give your home address again? No, I don't think you should. But Tony, I've done it a few times already. I know, I know you have. I understand that you have, but you shouldn't do it again. But how many people have shown up so far? Well, none, but I've had a couple of letters show up at my house. Okay. You mean over on Newell Drive in Marietta? Oh, would you please stop? Well, I need Sid to get off the fucking trail. I don't need him ringing my doorbell. What? 
What is this? What is this all of a sudden fear of Sid Vicious coming to see you about? Well, we've all been there. <laughs> yes, we have. I'm not going to listen to a bunch of shit from you. You've literally told me your worst nightmare is that every time you leave the house, you're worried about getting butt fucked. You've got exactly. And, and if you don't, if you stop, that's right. You've got anal so agoraphobia. Stop giving, stop giving out my fucking address. I didn't give out your address. You I said, just did. I said the street. There's Don't even of, say the street. A lot of houses on that street. So agoraphobia is the fear of leaving the house. Do you have anal agoraphobia? I would think that I, I do. Yeah. I would think I do. Is that going to be an issue when Efren comes to town for the low key big hog get together? Which, by the uh, way. I guess we should announce, uh, we've got dates locked in now for March for our big low key, big hot get together here in Huntsville. We've got a group rated a hotel and it's going to be a fun time, man. We're going to, uh, have lots of, uh, shenanigans planned that weekend. And the rumor and innuendo was Dave Silva is going to be joining us. Oh my God. I can't wait to see our, our buddy, Dave Silva. Is he going to be, uh, we got anything else planned? I mean, you know, we, you always come up with these big surprises. You always. Oh, don't be. Wait a minute now. You're always. You're, you're ahead of your time, Conrad. Here's the big surprise. Sid's going to show up and butt fuck you. <laughs> well, <laughs> that would probably be the worst surprise of a mission, wouldn't it? Who's the. Uh, who's the. Uh, when you and Bruce were together this weekend, who was the dick dancer that, that got on the phone with me? Josh, the dick dancer from Colorado. Okay, Josh, the dick dance from Colorado. Don't you think we should bring him in? No. <laughs> You've had enough of Josh already. Dude, first of all, I'm in Colorado. It's 19 degrees. There's a foot yeah. of snow on the ground. And he gets out of the car to greet me and Bruce wearing a tank top that says, I'm a Tom Zink guy. Oh, my God. And so he's disappointed that Bruce is not Tony. Because he thought that he was coming to pick us up for a, what happened when, and then the entire ride to Denver, cause or to Colorado Springs, cause he picked us up in suburbs of Denver. Right. He's telling us about his days as a Chippendale dancer. And then once he gets enough beer in him, he starts to tell us about this elderly man who once paid him to come up to his room and just try some stuff. What? And so apparently. He like, well, you know, but he no, had I to do, had to do it in like a macho man voice. And he's telling <laughs> me this is like in a straight, I mean, just matter of fact, deadpan story. And then right in the middle says, will you tell Tony Schiavone to call me? Cause I bought a t-shirt and he hadn't called me yet. And so then I was a dickhead and I'm like, well, what shirt he's literally wearing it. And so and then, <laughs> but he's drunk enough where I can do that. Right. And so like the fifth time he said, when's Tony going to call me? I was like, fuck this. So I just called you on my phone and handed it to him. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know when he's going to call you, but now you're calling him fucking say hello. Shut up. There's your fucking call. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, when he got done, he reenacted what he did with the elderly man. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. He reenacted it. Yeah. It was a lot of bodily fluids. Let me just say that. Oh my God. No, I mean, not like physically. He just did like a walkthrough sort of like you were. Walking through a match beforehand. Oh, okay. Yeah. A walkthrough doesn't even work here. Okay. No. Like a squat through. I have a question. Who arranged him to pick you guys up? Oh man. That's a long story. All right. Jeez. There was, well, there, there was a, a, a promoter 
who wanted to bring, uh, something to wrestle to Colorado Springs. Okay. And I guess once upon a time he promoted wrestling and I suppose somewhere along his Chippendale dancing, they taught him how to take a flat back bump and he fancied himself an indie worker. Yeah. So, uh, he knew how to throw a super kick and drop an atomic elbow. Both of these only on elderly men. Oh my God. Yo, he told me on the phone that he was a worker. Yeah. Well, I mean, he worked over that old man pretty good from what he told me. <laughs> my God, this is a horrible story, dude. I mean, Wait, had I, had I been in that limousine, I would have said, turn around and take me back to the limousine. That's the best part of the whole fucking deal. It was like a hatchback crossover deal for me, Bruce Pritchard, Dave Silva, AKA the Oklahoma offensive line and two independent guys, both named Josh, one of which he's wearing a tank top in nine degree weather. And as soon as they get us, they go straight to the liquor store and I'm like, what are we, what's going on? What happened? I was on WWE network last year. Oh my God. And I have a feeling that, that the person in your staff that set that up is as now have to look for other work. Well, I'll, we'll see if we ever hear from Matt Coon again. I wish we weren't hearing from Terry Taylor again, but here he is. Call this replay here. Okay. Terry Taylor comes from behind as Ricky Morton is looking at Miss Alexandra York clubs him behind. All of a sudden he becomes a heel. Look at this duck down. Ricky Morton hits the top. Wow. I think they fucked up that spot, really. I don't know why they would show that one again. But that's going to be your finish. It's going to roll him. One, two, and three. I guess that was the finish, although it seemed to be fucked up to me. Uh, the computerized man of the 90s, Terrence Taylor, is your winner. Three stars. By the way, do you think that portrait of Arn Anderson that was uh, in lights in the background, do you think that's over Chad Dawson's fireplace? And now we're going to take a look at some, uh, Japanese woman wrestler. Oh, no, 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 don't do that. Come on. No, come on, man. Old commentary ninja. Get Woody. No, stop it. Okay. What are you doing? Uh, Sunday, February 24th. So let me, let me get you back on track. So he tells me that he gets this old man gets him to the room. He says, listen. I, I don't want to hear this story. I, I just, I just want you to try some things. He's like, what, I don't want to hear the story. He paid him to beat him. <laughs> what do you mean? Like cover him? Throw no, him no. Him? You the old man him wanted him no, to beat him up. <laughs> oh, beat him up. And, and, wow. I, and I, I'm, I'm watching this and my eyes are getting bigger and bigger. Cause I'm like, man, I, I'm from Alabama. We don't, we don't beat up old folks down there. Yeah. And, and he did for money. Now that he beat up the old man, apparently he. He did a number one on the old man. Speaking of number ones, here's number one, Bill after standing by with a man called sting ladies and gentlemen, I'm Bill after I've got 19 impressions. I want to do for you, but I'm going to do them on the other side of the break. But first I'm going to talk to pro wrestling illustrated's number one wrestler, Mr. Sting. Well, thank you a lot, Bill. After I don't know what to say about this, uh, I, I don't know what to say about this uh, plaque and this fucking thing I got in my left hand here. It means a lot for me to be uh, a, the rest of the year on a magazine. That uh, did you know, Bill? That uh, uh, magazines are only going to last another twenty years, and nobody's going to read them anymore. There he is, the man called Sting from the Great American Bash. What are the more iconic outfits? I wish. Yeah, we could I agree. Source that one. That's. Uh... I need that, uh, sting with the sparkler eyes in my garage. 
So if you've got this thing with the sparkler eyes in your garage, uh, laying around, I'd like to have it in my garage and I'll set it up and rig it whenever I have you come visit. Why don't you just put it on the side of your house? Well, I want it on the inside. So when the garage door opens, when you come in, you can go, it's sting. And then I'll have like motion sensor kick on the music. Duh, duh, duh. And then the fucking sparklers go. Any of that would be better because than what he did to this old man, because you see Josh, the dick dancer, not only did he beat him and he did a number one, he did a number two on him. No, no, no. I swear. No, but here's the thing. He, he, he required the old man requested that he did a macho man impression when he did the number two. Oh, this is look, look, episode number one Oh five. And it has really come to a fucking screeching halt here tonight. Dude, we found. I've, I've, we've said some silly shit on our show, but nothing like this. Josh, the dick dancer from Colorado may be the long lost son of Klondike Bill. Oh my God. Or maybe he found Klondike. Oh God. Cause that's the other thing I thought about on the way back. What if, what if, oh my God, the real Klondike bill went underground and it's still alive. Oh God. Well, he wouldn't have shit on an old man. What if? No, hang on. Well, you think Klondike is the old man? Whoop! There it is. No, 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 no. No, you're probably right because Klondike Bill wouldn't have put over a jobber like Dick Dancer Josh from Colorado. No, no, no. it would have had to have been someone like I don't know, Missy Hyatt or somebody like that doing. Whoa! Here comes Ranger Ross here. Yeah. Hey, I want to mention some backstage news here. Sandy Scott, no longer with the company. Okay. What's the importance of that here in 91? Well, the importance of that in 91 is Sandy Scott was one of the hardest working men in the business. He, uh, knew all the towns. He was the, uh, he, uh, he was our promoter, our front man for a lot of the towns in Roanoke, a lot of the small towns, a lot of the spot shows. Sandy Scott was there to get the money count the tickets and he did all of that. And I guess when it became a new company and became WCW, they didn't have room for Sandy Scott any longer. And I guess he went to work for Smoky Mountain, didn't he? Eventually. El Cubano. Yeah. Who's El Cubano? Uh, I think it's David Sierra. Look I, at you. You know, things. All right. There you go. David Sierra going up against, <laughs> going up against Ranger Ross. Let me hit you up with a, a few more questions here. Okay. Meltzer would report that Teddy Long's 30 day suspension was because he tested positive for a painkiller. Oh, okay. What the fuck? Where well, I uh, thought it was painkiller. Uh, like seriously, if you got, I mean, I just can't believe WCW was even testing for that. I mean, he's obviously. I don't know. That just seems weird to me. Don't you think? Wasn't this, uh, wasn't this around the time? If I, let me get my, let me get my year straight. Wasn't this the, uh, the time around Dr. Zahorian? Oh, good call. Yep. We're getting close to there. Yeah. So we're trying to clean things up, I guess, or we're trying to say, Oh, that's not us. That's them. I wonder- so I guess poor Teddy was a sacrificial lamb and all of that. The, uh, other interesting thing I found in my research was Dustin Rhodes debuted around this same time as the natural. 
So uh-huh. it's hard to believe that this show we're watching, I mean, he hadn't wrestled yet this year, but Dustin Rhodes is going to wrestle this year. Yeah. Isn't, Isn't that crazy? All this time later. Yeah. And you know what else is crazy? If you go back and listen to the commentary, you hear Dusty talk about Teal and Cody. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool too. The wild eyed Southern boys are going to become the young pistols. They wanted to call them the young guns, but of course the young guns was a big Emilio Escobar's movie and right. Uh, or Estevez. They were not able to, uh, to do that one. All right. Billy Jack Haynes was trying to come in here and Al Green was gone. Right. Um, Mike Graham came in as a road agent. Right. Lot, lots of goings on here. Well, when, when Dusty, when Dusty, uh, came back as the booker, he assembled his staff and his assistant was Magnum TA assistant booker. He had Mike Graham. He had Grizzly Smith and there, um, we may have had one more agent trying to think of who it may have been. well jody was an agent as well those were the those were the agents and uh i think jody and grizzly booked all the the house shows and uh mike graham and uh and magnum were dusty's kind of right hand men back then And I thought it was great, Dusty, giving Magnum a job. I really do. How about Ranger Roth wow. just jumping over the top rope? Holy shit. Dude, that the athleticism crazy. he's showing here is crazy. I've been sleeping on Ranger Ross. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I don't know much of the backstory of Ranger Ross because he was working for them when I was in the WWF. And then he didn't, he didn't uh, stay long after I got here. So I don't know that much about him. I know it was a fucked up finish right there. He's 59 from Ackworth, Georgia. (laughs) Debuted in 86, retired in 06. Really? Yeah. He uh, left WCW on bad terms, and then he filed a discrimination suit. Yeah. And he was working as a private investigator and part-time probation officer. And uh, then he was finally arrested in February of 96. And formally charged with bank robbery because he was the quote unquote motorcycle bandit, an unidentified male who made his escapes on a Honda motorcycle and following the robbery of a bank right there in downtown Ackworth, Ross finally surrendered to federal agents on February 9th. So there you go. Your American hero. It's goddamn bank robber. I'll be damned. Well, some people fall far Conrad, you know? Oh my God. By the way, over the weekend or this past week, Rick Steiner was sworn in. He is now a school board member for real. Wow. Sworn in. How about this look here? What the fuck? Oh my God. I want you to wear a fanny pack this year. Wow. By the way, I was told. That Michael Hayes does not like when we talk about him on the show because immediately whenever he posts anything on social media, he is inundated with comments on Twitter and everywhere else that just says, dude, dude, dude. And he takes great issue with that and wishes that you fans would not do that. So of course I want you to do it as much as I can. can. I, I, I can say with pride that I didn't start this dude, dude, dude shit. 
No, I know. But I mean, listen, everybody listening knows what we're talking about. Right. So it's Michael PS Hayes one. If you want to hit him with that dude, dude, dude. Are you in the loop on the dude, dude, dude? I'm not. No. Okay. So, uh, there was a writer in the WWE for years named Brian, and he now works with the rock on the rocks production stuff. By the way, right. Arn Anderson here working with a torn groin. So if you see a little hiccup in his giddy up, that's the deal. Okay. Anyway, um, he said, if Michael Hayes made a noise when he walked and Brian mimicked the way Hayes walks, and you know exactly what I mean when I say the way he walks. Right. And he said, it would sound like doot, doot, doot. And it stuck. And so now everybody knows about dude, dude, dude. Not just the people behind the scenes who've known about dude, dude, dude for 10 years or more, but everybody in the social media world, everybody who listens to something to wrestle. Yeah. And now what happened when, what happened when Meanwhile, here the, the young hard bloods. way, man. Um, yeah. These young bloods suck. Do they not? Oh my God. Not only do they suck. Take a look at this getup. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't think American Indians or native Americans would have ever worn anything look like this. I've never seen Jerry Briscoe in anything like that. <laughs> Just, I mean, it's green and pink and what the fuck is what it is. Uh, Meltzer high praise here gives it three and a quarter stars. Really? And he says, Anderson has probably the best facial expressions in the business and was the best performer on this card. Yeah. The best performer on this card, by the way. Includes Ric Flair, includes Sting, includes Ron Simmons, includes the Steiner brothers, includes Lex Luger, includes the bank robber, Ranger Ross. Wow. Man, we got to get Ranger Ross to come to the low key big hog get together. For what? Go well, for people's pockets? No, I'm just saying when Sid Vicious is in there mid coitus with you, Ranger Ross could come in to save the day on his motorcycle. Yeah. On a motorcycle. Yeah. Or maybe he could repel from the ceiling of the, uh, there you go. Yeah. And then you could ride bitch out of there. Yeah. That'd be great, man. Look, boy, Arn can boy, he could do some shit. Couldn't he? Arn Anderson is the best wrestler on the show. Look at this. Yeah. It makes sense to me that Chad Dawson has a portrait of Arn over his mantle. Let's get that trending. Chad Dawson has a portrait of Arn Anderson over his mantle. The one that's lit up. In the background here in the oh, arena. Yeah. He has that. Chad Dawson has that over his fireplace for real in 2019. And it's got lights that go all the way around it. Just like that. His wife doesn't like it, but I mean, it's whatever. Oh, guess who I talked to on the phone today? Super Dave Miller. Oh, jeez. What? I mean, I did. I talked. It, he sent me a box of comic books, Batman comic books. So I called him to thank him for it. And I called and said, Dave, Tony Schiavone. He went, Hey, and he's, and I said, you keep cutting out where he said, I'm out in the woods. I said, what the fuck are you doing out in the woods, Dave on a Sunday? And it's blistering cold in the South. And he didn't have a good answer for that. Let's see. Dave's a real redneck though. Well, like, no, like Dave I, has a bunch of land and he has a, he has like a big pond right? And, and he filled it full of bass that he's just feeding to make bigger. So then he can catch big fish in his own pond and brag like he's done something. Right. I mean, it's the same as fish in a barrel for real, but no, that, right. th that's the deal. Dave's got acres and acres and acres and acres. And, you know, we, we joke that my house is the Conradison. He calls his the Dave cave or something like that. 
well, he's uh, he was out there in it today. I thought maybe he's out walking out in the woods taking a shit or something. I didn't know. But anyway, I called him, uh, and he's one of our good buddies. And he's a member, uh, by the way, of uh, of uh, of us on Patreon. Oh, you know what? I just remembered. He calls it the Holiday Inn. Oh, okay. Which is actually pretty good. <laughs> we got to come up with a name for your house. Well, the, you know, the room I do it, I do all my stuff in is the bat cave now. No, I got that, but that's lame. I, I got to get a name for the whole house and needs that's to have lame. a T or a T or an S or an L. Okay. Uh, all right. How about the house that Conrad built? <laughs> oh, fuck that. That would be the, that's really the house that Ted Turner built. <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> it's the house that Conrad Thompson renovated. I didn't build <laughs> shit. When you bought that house, I was 12. Hold, oh, don't remind me of this shit. Okay. Oh man. I got in trouble at my house with that shit the other day. I got to tell you, you about that off air. All right. Look at Arn Anderson, man. Just go right back to the corner. Dude. I can't believe they're in here wrestling these jack offs. Well, look, this I- show has had, this show has had, uh, Joey mags. It's going to have Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker, and it's got these two slapdicks. I mean, for real, imagine how good of a match that these guys, you know, Barry and Arn could have had if they were wrestling doom. Yeah. Arn with a pulled groin, still pick that guy up for a sidewalk slam or a spine buster. If you will. Hey, let's, uh, me and Jeff Jones are doing something fun for Starcast. I want to invite you in on it. Okay. We're going to get a pair of Austin hall boots. Are you serious? Yeah. And down the side, ours are going to say Starcast, but I think yours should say Slapdick or something. Okay. Dude, if you strut ass around Starcast and a pair of wrestling boots that say Slapdick down the side or Shivani, yeah, that'd be awesome. I got good news to you for you about Starcast. I heard you were coming the whole time. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I got like four really, really big things lined up this week. I got to tell you. Really? About. Yeah. Oh. The second one's going to be bigger than the first one. Any of them involved? Deborah or Francine, maybe coming there with me, you know, being my wait, wait, you want them to do what and where now being my escort, you know, come, I mean, just like the old man was with, uh, Josh, the dick dancer. <laughs> no, 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 stop this. No, I'm talking about walking in with me. Lord, you know? if you try to do a number two on Deborah McMichael, no, we're wait, would you stop it? Don't you do that. You, you, you say shit like you say stuff like this and it gets out on social media. Well, I'm you not know, the one who said one, I wanted to do a one number one on Francine. That was no, you. I didn't. You sick fuck. My God, Francine, God bless you. I love you, sweetheart. I never would say that. And this son of a, stop it. Stop it. God. How about Arn Anderson climbing the ropes? Look at that. Arn bomb, Anderson bomb. <laughs> And I guess this is either Mark or Chris Youngblood. I don't know. It's who gives a shit. That's who it is. I'm just so disappointed that this was ever even a tag team. I have an irrational hate for Mark and Chris Youngblood, and I'm sorry, guys. There's no good goddamn reason for me to hate them, but I do. I found a way. You shouldn't have. I mean, I, I, I hated their brother, and he's dead as a doornail by this time. Oh. Yeah, Arnie. You know what? You, this, this is why this match got, what the fuck was that? This is why this match has, has got the three plus stars that it's got because fucking Arn and Barry can fucking bump, man. By the way, uh, this match got the, came in second place for the best match poll. Okay. Uh, for the wrestling observer reader poll, Ric Flair and Scott Steiner, of course, take number one. 
Yeah. But they come in second overall, the show got a 20% thumbs up, uh, 67.8% thumbs down and 12% thumbs in the middle. Yeah. Well, a show like this got a lot of thumbs down because of the, the enhancement matches we had. And I don't know if that's fair because this really wasn't overall. This wasn't a bad show. Where's your one, two, three. And I guess we're approaching the, uh, are we approaching the, uh, no, not yet. I was saying maybe next is going to be the, uh, the arm wrestling match, but not, not yet. Do you think they broke up Ron Simmons and Butch Reed too soon? Cause this is really like their last big show is doom. And then they break them up like either the next TV taping or two TV tapings after. Yeah, I think so. Hey, you and I both said we've said it here. We loved them as, as a tag team. Yeah. Because I remember back, I remember back when I was a fan. I remember thinking that, you know, they need a big, a couple of big badass black guys to be a tag team. I remember thinking that as a fan, and then all of a sudden here was Doom, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's it. That's what they need. Just <laughs> badass. That's what they got. It didn't last long. You know, I see Ron Simmons now and then, I, but uh, any, any, anybody know what's going on with the Hacksaw Butch Reed? Anybody, no, he's, anybody yeah, he, doing anything? He's still around. Does he make appearances or anything like that? I know Ron does. Yeah, I know Butch is over in Florida. He's 64 years old. He's still with us. Wow, that's great. He was a good performer. He's uh he's a part of that class action lawsuit against WWE for uh, CTE or whatever. Okay. How about that polka dot pocket square? That was a throwback to Dusty Rhodes. I still got that shirt, by the way. How would you know that? Because I I don't Lois never throws anything away. You have a shirt that's twenty seven years old. Oh yeah, absolutely I do. Can we give it away on Patreon this week? <laughs> you ain't gonna wear it it's 27 years old look at this wow seeing this a little is... footage from japan with vader and stan hansen and i believe this is the tokyo dome match from january of that year and a fucking eyeball is gonna come out uh look at vader's mask yeah early primitive vader yeah i like this mask too it looks pretty fucking cool here we go so I have you seen this match before? I've not. Man, Whose I, eyeball pops out? Vader. Stan Hansen's about to pull it out. Oh, that cut away. Okay. This is my favorite Stan Hansen. As a kid, I just absolutely love this. Fucking giant tobacco just yeah. dripping out of his mouth and he's just yelling. And, and of course, I guess if I pretend he's spitting on me and if I wipe spit off of me, I guess Dave Meltzer says I, I'm taken away from him. Why are you so sensitive today? Look at the, look at the big turd of tobacco just about to fall out of his mouth. I know, man. So great, dude. He was a great character, man. He really was. You know, what's hilarious to me is to meet some of these guys. Cause you know, he left an impression on me when I'm like eight, nine, 10 years old. And so now to meet him a couple of years ago as a 34 or 35 year old or whatever I was. And he's just like the most nice calm, soft-spoken elderly gentleman ever. It's just hard to imagine that that dude was this same guy, but it was just a character, man. 
like Michael Hayes in a Freebird. I mean, that's just a character. Just a character, like Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. Just a character. He look, at he's he's got his. He's gonna write some fucking tickets right there, man. Jesus Christ. He looks like Brock's illegitimate son. You know what? Brock Lesnar might actually be Benjamin Button along with Charles Robinson. Uh, Lion Brian Pillman. One of my favorites as a Ute. Oh, you know, speaking of Benjamin Button, speaking of Benjamin Button, uh, I had a, a little texting discussion with a good friend of ours. Uh, this week who considered himself Benjamin, Button? Uh, who that that is Luke Gallows. Oh, really? Yeah. I said, Luke, how you doing, buddy? He said, fine. He said, I need to get you and Conrad to come to my basement. I said, no, man, I can't do that. I'm way too old. He said, man, you're like me. We're Benjamin button brothers. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, He, uh, he nearly ruined my life. Yeah. Well, I'm lucky to be here. Well, you know what? Uh, yeah. Like I'm going to go drinking with Luke Gallows, six foot, 10, 300 pounds, solid steel. Yeah. Not me, buddy. Do you assume I went drinking with him? Well, I mean, it's what he said. He said, come to my basement, hang out. You and Conrad hang out my basement. What do you want to do? Play bridge, play Parcheesi. Well, I'm going to tell you now what he's got is you get down there, you get comfortable. Yeah. You have a Zima or whatever it is. People like you drink. And, and then Sid comes down those stairs and it's on. <laughs> Can yeah. I ask you something? Do they still have Zimas? Do they still make Zimas? I'm sure they do, but I, I bet Gallows gives a two suite to Anderson. And then that's like their, uh, brother speak for get the gimp. And then, <laughs> and then here comes Sid with those leather chaps and the leather vest that he wore. He's going to pivot around on the podium. Tony Schiavone. Come here, you fucking little oaf. Because it comes to your butthole. I'm the master. You, fuck, you fucking little oaf. Of the world. <laughs> butthole. Anyway, not me, buddy. No, sir. I've... So, wait, you're never going to hang out with Luke? No, I'm not going to. Well, no. Wow. Because I know what will happen. What will happen? You might have well, a good I'll, I'll time. Get, I'll get, I'll get so fucking drunk and I'll, I'll probably end up taking off all my clothes and run around Conyers, Georgia naked or something like that. What's wrong with that? Well, if you're 37 or if you're a WWE superstar, probably nothing. But wait if you're minute, in your sixties and you're trying to be in a respectable man that, you no. know, that likes. No, it, you're not a respectable man. We're on here promoting things saying low key, big hog. Don't you hit me with some respectable man? Well, getting on here and talking is a little bit different than running around naked around a city. Okay. Okay. I leave running around naked to guys like Ric Flair or you or Luke Gallows or something, but not me. Where were we? We're talking about flying Brian here. Well, yeah. Why don't you just call it and, and, and stop being mad at me for something that didn't happen. (laughs) I'm I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you at all, but I just, you say, go out and drink it. I said, no, I just, I, I didn't say go out and drink it. I, well, yeah. look, and I, and I, and I got high blood pressure too, Conrad. And I just don't want, you know, I just don't want, I just can't have alcohol. Like I used to be able to No, I, Nobody's suggesting you have alcohol. I thought yeah. we could just fellowship. 
Fellowship. Fellowship. What's wrong with that? Are you making fun of my invitation? Uh, uh, fellowship. That's good. Give us a call here. All right. Flying right up top. Sergeant Betty Lee Parker's on the rampway. Here he comes flying across. Boy, you know, he did some shit now way before the cruiserweights were established. Take a look at once again. Brian up top. One of the most determined, one of the most, as JR would say many times during this match, one of the most courageous young men ever to put on a pair of wrestling tats. There he is. Flying Brian Pillman is your winner. By the way, uh, as they're pitching the WWE or WCW official fan club, which may or may not come with, uh, some of Lois's dog hair, <laughs> I do want to ask where you're at on the ramp, because I recently heard on Jim Cornette's drive through, which is a tremendous yeah. podcast that I've mentioned uh, several times here on the show. He hates the ramp. I do too. Because he said that as a performer, you couldn't, you know, work off four sides of the ring. You couldn't go right. to the other side. You had to go all the way back around. Exactly. And he just thought it was fucking stupid. And it was a dumbass Jim Hurd idea. Yep. And they thought it made it look cool, but he hated it. And he said that he really preferred when it was heels come in one way and baby faces come in another. They're two separate entrances, but they wanted to go bigger and more grandiose. So they liked the idea of the ramp and. I guess you co-signed that. You don't like the ramp? No, not at all. Didn't like it. Didn't like the ramp. Didn't like the fan club. We called the magazine the wrestling ramp wrap up. We'll call it. We'll call our magazine the goddamn wrestling wrap up. Yeah, a lot, a lot of really shitty ideas. Now take a look at this. Here is uh, country music disc jockey Rhubarb Jones. I'm not so sure Rhubarb is still with us. Uh, but he was a big-time country music DJ and a big wrestling fan, a pretty good guy. There's Rhubarb. Uh, back when DJs were important. But they ain't what they used to be. Yeah, he just said something to the troops as well. Now, one thing I didn't understand about this is that well, there you see a hard camera, right? And they don't have that thing turned right to face the hard camera. But this ends up being a silly bunch of thing, a silly thing anyway. And, you know, I've already ruined it because I, I tried to, uh, I tried to make so many faces to get the attention away from Paulie dangerously. So this thing's already fucked anyway. But you know what? Paulie was a hell of a performer and still is. Pretty fucking cool, don't you think? Without question. Thank you. Is that a shirt yet? Without question? Yes, it is. Over at LoisRules.com and BoxOfGimmicks.com. All right. Without question. And now here she comes. Missy Hyatt. And I don't know what you think about the finish of this, but it's something that I never forgot. Here's what I don't like about it. 
I just don't like the seat. You shouldn't be seeing the back of her head. That table should be turned the other way where you see it side to side. It seems like a, such a simple thing, but yeah, whoever was directing this yeah. missed, missed that completely. Yeah. Well, Dan Bynum was directing it, but the people who put the uh, table in the ring, he or someone sort of said, turn around the other way. He's going to look down, not look up, and she's going to take off at top. And then, of course, that's going to get his attention, as it certainly would. And there's your one, your winner. Why did you love that so much? Well, I just liked anything Missy would do. I, I, did, I did, too. She was cool. Yeah, Missy's over with me. Yeah. Boy, you know who she is not over with? Eric Who's... Bischoff. Holy shit. Oh yeah, I know. I was I've been I was a special guest to one of his shows. I was listening to all that. <sighs> I didn't know. I didn't either. Some people have heat and All right, we're getting ready to go to our main event here. And uh before this main event starts, um uh, I just wanted to say that Scott Steiner when he became Big Papa Pump, became quite a singles wrestler. But I think during this match, and I'm sure the fans liked it, and it probably got a, I don't know if it got any, what you can tell me what Meltzer said about it later. I just didn't think that, that this match did a good job of showcasing Scott Steiner. I thought that it lacked something. And then I remember watching it and I remember going back and thinking, you know what it was? It was because now they're doing a little thing here with, uh, LT Lawrence Taylor at his sports bar. But I found out, uh, what it was, was that his thing was tag team wrestling. His thing was he and his brother together. And we took him out of his element in this match. And that's what was missing. I mean, how cool is that though? Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. One of the biggest, most important football players in the NFL at the time. At the time, right. Just hanging out. There he is. Yeah. Your man. Draw, drew a line. First thing he did was draw a line. The wrestling wrap up. The goddamn wrestling wrap up. Dennis Brent was in charge of that. Twelve issues for only twenty four ninety five. Back when magazines were really something. I loved them. You love magazines or love the wrestling round? I loved the uh, old wrestling magazines in that oh. era, man. I mean, I'm, I wish they were a bigger part now. Like, yeah. Whenever yeah. I go to the grocery store, I still go by the uh, newsstand just to see, like, hey, are there some new ones? Well, you know, I, I used to go. There was a drugstore in Craigsville, Virginia, where I would pick up uh, the wrestler. And these are members, by the way, of, uh, I believe they're the Atlanta Hawks cheerleaders. They dressed them up in Michigan garb to come in for Scott. But I remember uh, just buying what we call Bill Apter's magazines. Yeah. After mags after, and then you, you know, you would, you would see the list and you would, you would read about the AWA and then you would read about Baron Von Raschke or read about, uh, Brunzel and Ganya. And then you would, you know, you'd see them live and it would. It was a different era, man. Those magazines were 
man, I love the Steiner brothers with the Michigan jackets. This is old school vintage Steiners. Oh yeah. Meltzer would say the problem of Steiner doing nothing for the past year and a half, but wrestling and tag matches showed here. The match went too long and he didn't know how to pace himself for it. Anyway, everyone in the world expected a four star plus match. And that combined with Rhodes comments led to a lot of disappointment. Instead, the, indeed, the first time I saw this match, I thought it wasn't good at all because I was expecting so much upon second viewing. It was actually almost a good match. It had the most real heat of any match and went a long time without much resting. On the other hand, the final few minutes when it came time to turn it on were disappointing. And that sometimes the execution wasn't up to stuff to snuff. So he didn't love it and gave it two and three quarter stars. what do you think? I think I was, I was disappointed in it. I think we were all disappointed in it because we knew how much of, of a performer Scott Steiner was. But again, you walk away from this thinking, yeah, he's a great performer, but he's a great performer when his brother's with him. And that's just how dynamic they were as a tag team. He was lost in this. And you're going to see at the end of this match how the countdown goes on, right? And he is, he's just, his, his sense of timing, his sense of urgency, because as the countdown is going on, his, he's, he's posturing to the fans. And the, the ring, Gary Capetta is doing the countdown. We'll get to it. Doing the countdown, and he's not trying to make the, make the pin. And you're thinking... This is what you're wrestling him for to become the world heavyweight champion. And there's no sense of urgency. They're going to show El Gigante here. And you're going to get, I think, a, just an amazing show. Not right now, but when he goes in the ring, an amazing show of how big this fucker is when he stands up near next to Ric Flair. I mean, he's walking around the ring and his, his head looks like it's past the top rope. Oh yeah. My God. He makes Rick Steiner look tiny. Yeah. (laughs) Watch when he walks over to flair. This is, this is what he walks over to shake flair's hand and look at the size difference here. My God. (laughs) Look at that. It's looked like if Rick could stand on the shoulders of a guy, his size, he still wouldn't be that size. You know, that's <laughs> a great point. Eligante is so freakishly tall. It's almost like in the movies where one kid climbs on top of another kid and they put a yeah. trench coat over him. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is he still alive? Oh my God. Is this, is this going to be the thing we do from now on? Like, well, no, I don't know. I don't know if he's still alive I, I, or not. You I, know, I, guys, guys who are that big usually don't have long lives. Way you to know? bring it, way to bring us down. Well, okay. All right. If you think I'm going to bring you down, wait till this match starts. No, he's dead as fuck too. He's, he died in 2010. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's being dead as fuck. Uh, so here we go. Uh, Scott and Rick out of their element, but of course, let me ask though, uh, Rick Flair's haircut here. This is a Jim Hurd deal, right? It sure is. What'd you think when, when you were told that, Hey, they're making Rick cut his hair. I thought it fucking sucked. But do you think in any of those meetings, I would say, no, it fucking sucks. No, of course not. You're a fucking stooge. Yeah. I would say, Oh, I think that's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, man, why not? Do something different. 
What did Flair say to you about cutting his hair like the little Dutch boy? Nothing really. He's pretty much flipped out by this time. He really had. He pretty much said like he was like fucking nuts. I'm not so sure. This the uh he worked a program with the junkyard dog, I think after this. Uh, and that's when he was like really flipped out. I want to mention that uh they sold out Gainesville here, twenty two hundred fans. Sure. Tickets were ten dollars or five dollars, depending on what section he sat in. And uh they moved to Gainesville only ten days before. So they're happy with a packed house considering that they only had ten days to fill it up. They got a three point nine rating and a five point eight share, which makes it the second lowest rated of the fourteen class specials so far. Yeah. Huge disappointment just based on the lineup because a lot of people expected this would do much better because you had, you know, a guy that the fans were behind like Scott Steiner, who has the hottest move in the business at that point. He does say Meltzer does <sighs> the show opened at a 3.1, which is a solid open and grew like a normal clash until it hit a 4.1 at 9 PM. Over the next half hour, the rating fell to a 3.4, a drop unheard of in the history of clashes. There have been slight drops in the middle of shows before, but nothing like this. They lost 400,000 homes when it came to the Taylor Morton match, Dusty speech and Ross Cubano period of the show. And you can draw your own conclusions as to what got that many homes to switch channels or turn off the television. Things picked up and it grew to a 4.0 for the Pauly Missy arm wrestling match. And they got all the way to a 4.8 for Flair Steiner, which is still actually the lowest rated main event in class history, but it picked up the rating overall a near a full point from the previous match. I think it's unfair to, to blame it on even put the dusty interview in there as dropping it. I, I really think that's unfair. Uh, but I can understand where you would have El Cubano, Ranger Ross. You would have Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. You have Joey Maggs come out. Uh, and I can understand where that would would sink your ratings. I don't think a dusty interview would do that. Sure. You know what? You know where this was originally supposed to be, don't you? This clash, and that's why the the graphics were like they were. It was going to be in the atrium of the CNN Center. But then they had the, the Gulf War, and then they worried about security, and they worried about you know CNN covering the war and having a wrestling match in its atrium. So they moved it out of the atrium of the CNN Center and moved it to Gainesville, Georgia. But that's where we were going to have it. Hey, uh, we never talk about sports here, but hypothetically, did you catch any of the uh, NFL playoffs this weekend? Did not watch it. Did not watch it down. No. Asshole. I did. Well, the Sunday games. They were pretty good, I understand. I mean, there's, like there's, only, there's only two games, but the Sunday games, uh-huh. which are the only ones, but whew, both of them back to back. Yeah. Outstanding. Pro, you know wrestling, I, pro wrestling level booking in those matches. You know what I watched? Uh, probably some fucking Star Trek or something. Uh, I watched uh, season season three of Downton Abbey. I'm going to hang the fucking phone up right now. No, no, don't. don't. I'm not fucking. No, this is our last show. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm I'm getting Casio in here. 
no. Listen, it's the goddamn AFC Championship. Tom Brady's in there. Yeah, but I got I got involved. I got really wrapped up in that thing, and I oh. couldn't stop watching. Oh, I, I, just, I, I can't hang out with gallows and drink. Yeah, I've got high blood pressure. I, I know I didn't watch the uh, NFC and AFC championships. Yeah, I watched Downtown Abbey. Uh, <laughs> it's Downton Abbey. It's not Downtown. What the Abbey. fuck it's ever? I, I don't want to know the proper name. I don't want to be your friend. No, I'm Listen, not, you're, no. you're going to be my age one time. No, you're going to be no. my age. No, you're going to get there. Not at my advanced level. I'll be of dead and gone, but you'll get there. No, I, I'm, I'm no, I don't be your friend. That's it. That's our last. What happened when tune in next week? What happened <laughs> when Conrad left the fucking show? <sighs> well, I just trying to be honest. Well, don't, I don't just fucking lie to me next time. All right. No, I'll Conrad hey. didn't watch the game. I was watching hardcore porn. Hey, what great, great football games. Conrad, did you see both of them? I saw him. Both. You can't keep Tom Brady out of the Super Bowl, can you? Jeez. See? See? Man, and how about uh, how about the Saints losing at home on a 57-yard field goal, man? I watched both of them. I was glued to the set. Me and Bug sitting up in the bat cave, the big screen TV, glued to the set. How's Luke Gallows, by the way? Doing fine? He's how doing about fine. that old guy got pissed on? How's he doing? <laughs> He's probably pretty shitty. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Did I get my man card back yet? Yeah, you're back. Okay, thank you. Touch and go there for a minute. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I always thought a, when I'm working with, when I'm seeing a Ric Flair match, Rick walking slowly around the ring always told me that, that he was trying to figure out what to do here, that he really wasn't sure. He did a lot of walking around the ring when he got into the ring with Junkyard Dog. And I just, I'm just thinking that, that Scott Steiner was not ready for this. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, clearly he wasn't. Yeah. I mean, because this is, you know, if, if this match would have been a fucking barn burner and set a record rating, odds are good. The Steiner brothers would have been broken up beforehand and they would have done something here. Right. But when that doesn't happen. You know, yeah, we're all time. Yeah. Yeah. See, Scott does. Scott has no idea what to do here because you're thinking this man. I mean, if you, if you try to uh, inject some logic into this show or into this match, you think, go get him. Now, Rick just told, said something to Nick to say something to Scott, like, come get my ass. There you go. Try to win it. You're not a fan of this match. Not at all. I, I was, I, I really walked. I really went when Dusty booked it. I remember Dusty saying, let's see what the kid's got because he is so over as a tag team wrestler. Let's see what he's got. And I think we all walked away from this thing. Very disappointed in it. And then again, I, I stopped and I thought, I said, the reason we're disappointed in it is because he doesn't belong in this position right now, but there's something to be said for trying something different. It goes back to this. When we watch, when fans watch the WWE every week, they see same guys wrestle all the time. And this was something different. Well, that's true. So you got to give them a little bit of props for that. But I think we were all disappointed in the way it turned out. I, I think we thought it would be something more. I think we thought it would be, end up being a Steiner brothers tag team type match. Now, you know, we had a hero Matsuda there. 
and the company is going to go to Japan. As a matter of fact, they talked during this match. The winner of this match would take on, uh, I think, Fujinami at the Egg Dome in Tokyo in March. Uh, we all went there. I went there. JR went there. I went there. And uh, the Steiner brothers, I think, faced Hase and Sasaki, if I'm right, uh, for the IWGP or whatever it was, Tag Team Championships. And those four kids tore the, tore the fucking place down. They had a hell of a match. They had the match of the night in Tokyo Egg Dome. And that was Scott Steiner being in his element. This was not. So what was more enjoyable to watch this match or season two of downtown Abbey? Season three was the best season actually. And it's, it's, it's not downtown Abbey. It's not a, it's Downton. It's a, it's a, that's what I'm saying. saying The match continues after this timeout. We'll be right back on the clash of the champions on TBS. All right. We're back at the Georgia mountain center in Gainesville. It's Downton Abbey, which is a, yeah, that's what I said. Downtown Abbey. No, d- please. You know how Listen, Emmy- I looked it up at the library. You some bitch. <laughs> you know how many Emmy awards that shows won? Well, Stop. okay. I don't know. Maybe you can tell me about it over at the restaurant. <laughs> you really got pissed off when I said I watched Downtown Abbey. Oh, I'm sorry, Downton Abbey. Yeah. I don't want to be friends with anybody who watches downtown Abbey instead of the AFC and NFC championships. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is that you can always, you can always DVR them. That fucking show hasn't been on the air in years. It ain't going anywhere. You some bitch. Oh, guess what? I think, uh, your, your great close personal friend MJF is about to be kicked off Twitter. Really? Somebody reported him for all of the uh, bad things he was saying to me, the mean things he was saying to me. Look at that. <laughs> See, Scott knew he was supposed to went over with him, so he jumped over. That was shitty. Should have gone over the top with him, so he just jumps over. MJF's going to be kicked off Twitter. Uh, yeah, that little prick. Little prick. He is a little prick. I swear the way you say it, it sounds like buck, 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 buck. All right, let me rephrase it. Little prick. Oh, my God. Well, pull up those knee pads, Scotty. Prick. Prick. Uh, you, do you like that? That I think we've talked about this before, that crooked WCW. I do. Yeah. I, it, I know a lot of people didn't get it, but I like it. I got it. Yeah. I, li- I like the ramp too, though, motherfucker. Oh, I'm sure you did. Love that ramp. Yeah. That ramp was terrible. Come through the crowd. Don't come above the crowd. Oh, can I tell you something random that happened to me this week? Well, boy. Yeah. Go ahead. Scott Coker followed me on Twitter. Scott who? Scott Coker. Who's Scott Coker? I'm fucking, uh, this is the last, <laughs> what happened when <laughs> 11 minutes left and then I can fucking delete your number forever. <laughs> who is Scott Coker? Oh, Jesus. What? Do I have to Google Scott Coker? He's the president of Bellator. Do you know what Bellator is? 
Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. I know what Bellator is. It would be like... Uh, it's uh, Bellator's like MMA, right? Oh, God. That's right. <sighs> I didn't... Are you still there? Hello? I never left anywhere. I think that was God having mercy on me. <laughs> oh, God. What happened? What happened when? Monday. Re if you're on Patreon or Wednesday on the MLW Radio Network. So Ric Flair got the figure four on Rick Steiner, Scott Steiner right in the middle of the ring, grabbing that middle rope for leverage. Rick Steiner keeps wanting to catch him in the act. Yeah. But he, nor referee Nick Patrick, can make it happen. Right. And you know what? The fans are, the fans, look at them. They're standing up. They think, motherfucker's cheating. <laughs> it was a good crowd for us. It really was. Rick's was really cranking down on that figure four, getting that extra leverage from the middle rope. What do you think of Flair in the yellow gear here? Yeah. It's all right. Suplex and going to drag him back to the center of the ring. Going to set up that figure four once again. You know, one thing I didn't like about this match is something that I've, I've, I've never liked about matches during this era. And that is when the ring announcer announces, first of all, when they say TV time remaining and when they start doing a countdown, you know, 10 minutes or whatever, you know, it's a time limit draw on the way. Mm. It, it tips it. Don't you think? Yeah. And I thought it was wrong. And the way this match ended that, you know, if it ended and then they went to Jr. and dusty, well, they still had time. Why didn't they just take it all the way? Did we went out just the, the end of this was really convoluted. The whole thing was the countdown and all of that. And I guess we're what eight minutes away from the end of this. I think Scott a little blowed up here too, as well. But I agree. It's, this is the right era. For the Steiners. Fuck. That's always such a fucking dangerous move. That reverse neck breaker. Or the rude awakening, if you will. Irish whip into the corner, up and over goes Flair and collapses on the run down the side. I like it right there in front of you and uh big dust or JR, JR. And dusty huh. and dusty. Huh. Huh. Hey, uh, lots of questions about, Hey, what day are you and Tony doing your show at WrestleMania? Tell everybody. Uh, I don't think we're doing our show at WrestleMania. Oh, Rick. why aren't we? It's a, uh, it's the start of baseball season. No, no. Say it. Come on. It's the, uh, the phrase I like, come on, tell the truth. I got baseball. I'll say it for you. I know you don't want to. 
but I got baseball. Tony, I'm gonna need you to quit fucking around. What are you doing over there? You trying to download uh, another episode, another season of Downtown Abbey? It's, no, I don't have to download any of it. It's all on my Apple TV. Oh, well, Jesus Christ! You can't hide money, can you? <laughs> no, no. How many Apple TVs you have in your house? Hey, we're talking about you. All right. Look at that. Oh. Cheap motherfucker. I can't believe you tried to hit me with how many you got. It's just rude. Well, you have one, that one, two. Oh, no. Oh, that was an incredible closest near fall of the match. Closest near fall of the match. Two and a half, two and three quarters. Fans were standing up. They thought they had a Conrad. They thought it was over. I like when you get fired up. Yeah, I do get fired up. And this point in the match, you know, you think, man, Scott's a little blowed up. Flair's doing all of he can here, calling some spots, making Scott look strong. And Flair covering his mouth up there to cover some spots. But as we get down near it here and the countdown goes on, Scott is like, come on, man. It's like you want to win the world title so kick it in high gear and he and he really doesn't and again it's it's because of his inexperience here it really is i mean how long had scott been a pro by this time not that long right no he had been around what five six years yeah but compared to flair oh no for sure flair at this point had been wrestling 37 years yeah every every bit well he'd been wrestling at least since the 70s yeah, he started wrestling school in like 72 or 74 right, or something. Sure. So we're, we're talking a little bit, almost 20 years in the ring. Yep. And, you know, and, and Scott just doesn't have any, any life to him here because he's used to making tag outs and tag in and taking a blow and doing the great double team work that the Steiners did and. Okay, so we know if if Scott Steiner was to not be a wrestler and have a real job, he would be a restauranteur. That's been established. Right. If Ric Flair were to not be a wrestler, what would his profession be? Uh, wow. That's, well, you're in the family. You could probably answer that, couldn't you? But I'm asking you, Tony. It's your show. No, it's our show, Conrad. Don't ever say it's my show. Okay. Well, it's, it's your show after next week. I mean, after this week. I'm no, it's not. You downtown nope, Abbey motherfucker. Not. No, it's not. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to find Dick dancer, Josh from Colorado and have him come to your house and do the Monco no, man routine. No, no you're fucked. going to no, beat the fuck out of you. Do a number one and a number two while he grunts. Oh yeah. Can I, can I answer your question here? Yeah. I can, I cannot see Ric Flair in any other, in any other profession. So he'd just been homeless. No, I cannot imagine Ric Flair doing anything but professional wrestling. Uh, I couldn't. All right. Could you imagine Ric Flair as a lawyer? No, no. Running a restaurant. No, no, but here's the deal. Ric Flair could have been a bar owner. Really? Yeah. Could have been a bar owner, club owner, promoter. Really? Could have been a OBGYN. <laughs> really? What? <laughs> I'm just going with the things I know he has a lot of experience in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Probably could have been a car salesman. Yeah. I know he could have been a car salesman. 
Yeah, probably could because he could sell anything. So now here, here we go. Countdown is on, man. Go fucking get him, Scotty. Go get him, and, and Rick even rolls him in. And, and the countdown is on. He turns his back, and he like. So they, you know, they Scott knows that we're going to have that count right before the bell rings. He knows that's coming, but there's no urgency here. There's that. Countdown is on. He should try to pin him right now. He didn't. So that's kind of what made this. I thought the very end of this match is what kind of really left a bad taste in our mouths. But again, it's inexperience here. And I, and I get it. I understand all this. Here he goes. The fans are on their feet though. Yeah. They're, they're loving this because, Hey, it's Gainesville, Georgia, buddy. You ever spend any time in Gainesville, Georgia? Nope. Nice town. Right along Lake Lanier. And there's the bell. Scott thinks he won it. Fans thinks he's won it, but no, only a two count. Didn't win it. What the fuck now? It's a now, dusty. we're really out of time. Why don't we go to black right now? This is a dusty finish. Yes. That's exactly what it is. When you think a guy's won it and you say no. Got the two count. We got to go. Jim Hurd, Virgil Runnels. Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone, Dan Bynum, there's our director. There's Craig Leathers. Fuck him. Hey, David, da- David F. Crockett. Do you know what Dave. the F stood for? Fran- uh, yeah, Finley. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Let's see. Yeah, it was David Finley Crockett. Mm-hmm. Okay, and here comes your uh, members of the booking committee or your agents. Here they come. Uh, the first time I said stage manager, I swore I said stooge manager. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's Shivani. <laughs> Would you stop it? Would you stop it? All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, when I look at my clock, I feel like it's about that time. I want to give everybody a uh, quick shout out here that this is uh, the end of my run no, here it's, on what it's happened. It's not. When. We'll be back next week. As a matter of fact, are you going to put a poll on what happened when? I'm not, coming, I'm not coming back. No, you are coming back. No, man. And I'm do a, me a favor. Not only will you be coming back, watch Downton Abbey during the week. And we'll I talk don't even you. know where to find Downtown Abbey. I'm not watching it. Okay. All right. Watch Future Man on Hulu. How about that? No, you know what's funny? You and Cassio had your little behind-the-scenes love fest about that fucking show. Nobody smartened me up. And then uh, when I asked Cassio about it, I said, hey, man, would that be something I would enjoy? And he's like, nah. What? I know. And so then I got a message from Ron Funches who said, Hey man, I pre- tell Tony, I appreciate you guys putting me over on that. That's the most fun I've ever had in a, in a role like that. So he loved it. You loved it. Cassio loved it. And Cassio's like, nah. Well, that's Caf- that's Cassio K Fabian you. Well, I don't that. know what it is. Listen, that my, my best friends are K Fabian me. You're not watching the championship games. Cause you want to watch. I don't know, downtown Abbey, I don't, something about hair bows and dildos or somebody say well, something about no man card. I roll like that, you know? Yeah. Sometimes. Get, get us out of here. Just fucking okay. put a bullet in this bullet. one. Jesus. Jesus. It's time for our tag team main event. It's going to be Luke Gallows and Conrad Thompson going up against Cassio Kid 
And, oh, my God, from Downton Abbey, here is Maggie Smith, all 85 years of her, and she is going to come with her cane into the ring, and here comes Cassie into the ring, and they bend Conrad over, and she sticks her cage, her cane right up his ass. Oh, and she pulls it out. Oh, my God, and there is Efren inside of Conrad's ass. We're out of time. We'll see you next week. Both of us will. Me and Conrad Thompson on What Happened When, on the MLW Radio Network, as well as on Patron. But only for this week, because I'm done. Oh, fuck. Yeah, promotional consideration paid for by the following. Bunchofgimmicks.com. Now, what, though? We talked about this. They've got new items every week. It's the official stores of what happened when something to wrestle with in 83 weeks. I know those podcasts with that overweight Bruce Pritchard and that out of shape Tony Giovanni and Eric Bischoff that no one really seems to care about anymore. Yes, Arthur, and you gotta remember, log on and get your gimmicks for the wrestling fan in your life or something for yourself. I don't want anything for myself, and you sound like a sellout. Now, now, Arthur, we could go over to patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. Yeah, but that's if you want to be a low-key big hog or a glass-bottom boat rider. That's exactly right, Arthur. How about a member of the Hot Tag Express or Slapdick Nation? Yeah, but you can join Conrad and Tony Schiavone with bonus podcasts, behind-the-scenes videos, and live weekly chats with new content every week. That sounds fucking terrible. Now, Arthur, there's perks here that they're trying to explain. We need to be better about telling people about the perks. Also, like, LoisRules.com. Yeah, the place where you can get your t-shirts for what happened when. And by StarCast 2, because one wasn't enough for Mr. Conrad. Yes, Arthur, but remember, it's coming to Las Vegas May 23rd through the 26th as part of the Double or Nothing Weekend. Are we going to be a part of the weekend, too? Yes, Arthur, I imagine we are. Well, that just sounds awful. Go to StarCast.com for more information.